This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. It's time for the panel part of the program. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. And joining us in the studio, first time around, Mitzi Hunter is part of our panel, finance critic for the Ontario Liberal Party and the MPP for Scarborough Guildwood. Mitzi, good to have you on board. Welcome. Great to be here, John. Thank you. Uh, Also with us, Andrew Cash, former NDP MP for Davenport and co-founder of the Urban Worker Project. Good to see you again, Andrew. Great to be here. Anthony Fury is a Sun Post media columnist and national comment editor. Anthony, how are you doing? I am, John. Happy Wednesday. Uh, happy Wednesday. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Uh, there may not be any joy in Mudville, though. Up in Ottawa, things are starting to uh, get rather intriguing, and there's calls for a public inquiry into this whole SNC Lavalin scandal. So I've got to ask you, me, having just spoken to Mark Stein, he joined us, and uh, apparently he's very familiar with Gerald Butts and is curious as to why Butts would quit. You know, I mean, the right-hand man, a basic, uh, very important appendage to the prime minister, you know, preemptively, he feels. So there's another shoe to drop, something bigger at play here. Uh, do you see it that way? Well, we all wondered, why did Jody Wilson-Raybould somewhat be welcomed back into the family fold? She was sitting in the front row, although I was told, uh, front row during caucus meeting, I was told that's because they just didn't rearrange the seating chart yet because they were too busy with the rest of the chaos. So, okay, fair enough. Then in question period today, she says, I'm looking forward to speaking my truth, to telling my side of the story. So, uh-oh, I guess maybe things haven't been all finessed. We're, we're going to have to wait and see. And, and that's really what matters, her speaking at the Justice Committee. I, I don't get this solicitor-client privilege thing. It seems like it can be something that's pretty easy easily waived because it's not a traditional uh, client attorney position. If, if she wants to speak, she should probably be able to speak. And I'm not sure what the repercussions would be, even if Trudeau's not crazy about that. I, I will say, because what they did at the House of Commons today was they voted down having a public inquiry. And I think why a public inquiry or an RCMP probe, as, as some people have called for, matter is because the ethics commissioner, John, is appointed by the prime minister and it's it's a toothless role so he's even said he wanted to toughen it up and he hasn't been able to do that yet and the justice committee is stacked with liberals appointed by the prime minister and we all know that the final reports are vetted by the pmo so the only way we're going to get anything independent is is this public inquiry which the ndp's uh, you know pushing the motion for and then the conservatives backing as well well and it's interesting because uh given all of that even the senate now is looking to have their own investigation senator larry smith says this probe isn't just about politics, it's about a service that's owed to the public. Listen. This is about our system of justice. This is about the rule of law. This is important for Canadians. And the average Canadian, if that's working hard, isn't necessarily going to be tuned into this day-to-day. And this is why the jobs we have here are important. All right, so let me ask you, Mitzi Hunter, uh, I'm sure you've been following this, as most Canadians have been. Mm -hmm. Do you support a public inquiry? Well... I think that we already have a process in place. And when you ask the question, wait for the answer. Let let the answer surface. We know that um, Jody Wilson-Raybould will be in front of the committee next week. Let's hear what she has to say. Give her that opportunity to speak. A costly, slow inquiry. I don't think that's the way to go. An RCMP probe. When do you want to get the results? You, you want to have this information in a timely way. There is a committee in place. She's agreed to appear. Let's wait for the answer. Well, she still hasn't. Uh, the, this uh, attorney-client privilege hasn't been waived, and the only one that can waive it is the prime minister. So even if she gets to the committee, she'll be limited in what she can say. And, uh, and frankly, you know, this is a major, major issue for the government. I agree with Anthony that, you know, this, or, or maybe not Anthony, maybe it was the senator, this goes right to the heart of public trust in our institutions. Now, you've got Lavalin, SNC-Lavalin, who who's, has access 
to the government, 40 meetings. I mean, who out there listening to this right now would like to have one meeting with these guys in Ottawa about the issues that they care about? SNC's getting an open-door treatment. And we hear today from the Globe and Mail that um, that there's a gap between when, uh, when the prosecutor decided that they weren't going to go this other non-criminal trial route, um, and, and that Trudeau and uh, the then minister, the then attorney general, had that conversation after the decision was made. Let me ask you just very quickly, because I know your former colleagues, uh, well, they're now still in the House, uh, Nathan Cullen and uh, Charlie Angus have been pressing the case pretty assertively. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it came to a point where uh, you had access to Jody Wilson-Raybould and privilege was waived, what are the pressing questions that you would want to ask directly, Andrew? Well, the the first question is, um, did she, was she um, strong-armed into changing... Uh, a decision that was made around SNC-Lavalin. That's number one. Uh, number two um, was was the fact that she got demoted uh, in that cabinet shuffle. Was that related to this? Uh, and it seems as though it probably was. When you have the government, political side of the government, trying to impact a criminal uh, a criminal um, investigation. investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is serious business. This is actually a criminal act. All right, if, and so, if, if that's what has happened. All right, and so political interference is really what's in play here, or the pers- in our legal system, John. Right, in our legal system. Right, and so uh, is that really uh, what you see, Anthony, as you know? the biggest principle uh, at stake, or do you think there's something else here? You know, I mean, look, it surfaced even that uh, saving a Quebec company and uh, not being seen as, you know, picking on these people. So the prime minister, because they're big donors to the Liberal Party of Canada as well, uh, I mean, is that just an appendage to the scandal? How do you see it? Well, it's a completely different but equally troubling matter. I was just rereading Mitt Romney's 2008 New York Times op-ed piece calling for why Detroit should go through managed bankruptcy. And it would be really nice to see one of these too-big-to-fail companies fail for once so that they no longer structure themselves in a way that they are too big to fail. And maybe we need to see that with a Canadian company. Bankruptcy does not mean everybody's suddenly out on the streets. It means the company's repackaged, the toxic assets are removed, but people are not uh, automatically rendered unemployed. But but, but I will say in my column that's, that's just gone up on the Toronto Sun website, I think the problem, you know, to Andrew's point, what this is is a, an instance, a very small instance of something they call democratic backsliding, where you have a, a robust democracy that suddenly something kind of, a, a tripwire falls and, and something kind of happens that should only be happening in shady countries that we don't want to be anything like countries like SNC Lavalin traditionally does business in, like Libya. And and that's the problem here. You know, to Andrew's point, you've got the Prime Minister getting on the phone or meeting with someone saying, let's not prosecute this company. We can't have that, John, and we can't let that, even if it was just a 20-second part of the conversation, that can't stand because then Huawei and all these other companies and all these countries go, oh, this is how Canada rolls, and it becomes a feeding frenzy. You know, and, and, and the government snuck a little clause into a massive omnibus budget bill that allowed for a process whereby companies like SNC-Lavalin could avoid any kind of criminal uh, prosecution or investigation. Right, and there's this remediation agreement is That's what right. it's about. That's but right. They have that in the Which UK. Is, exactly. It's existed in other robust democracies. But isn't it, isn't and, it, and it, it's it very new, though. Been it's very fresh. But, but isn't it an amazing coincidence that shortly after that was passed by the government, hey, 
Suddenly we're talking about why why can't we give SNC-Lavalin uh, this remediation well, process? Well, some people think it was done with SNC-Lavalin Well, look, they, they met 40 times up to the lead, the lead up to that legislation. And in fact, their their CEO's on record as saying, you know, we this new process is in place. Let's see what happens. Okay, but let me ask Mitzi, because you were about to say they have this in the UK as yeah, well as the United, the United States. States. Is and- it defensible? Well, I, I think that used correctly, and, um, and, and right now that's the question on the table. Was this process uh, used correctly? And let the process unfold. I think that, you know, we have parliamentary committees for a reason so that that democracy is upheld, that we do have a, a place in which this debate can happen, and the debate is underway. Yeah, but so to, to Andrew's create earlier another, point... But Andrew's earlier point was that until a privilege is waived and, you know, she receives counsel from the former Supreme Court Justice, uh, Mr. Cromwell, it might just be an exercise in futility. I mean, is that all part of the process, too? We wait and find out if she can actually speak her piece? I think let's give her a chance to speak next week. That's not too too long a time for us to wait. Give her a chance to present at committee and and state her case. Let's understand what the extent is of the problem is before we determine the solution and the outcome. Let's remember, though, that this committee has wanted to uh, bring several people before it, including uh, Gerald Butts, including the prime minister uh, and the liberal majority on that committee. First of all, they blocked the initially uh, Raymond Wilson from appearing. That was a... You know, that was a coordinated PMO decision. And the fact that they're, they've only agreed to Judy Wilson-Raybould and none of the other requests from the opposition members of the committee suggests continued obstruction and continued uh, deflection away from this issue. Anthony, you think this is going to fester to a point where, uh, again, political capital is being spent or it's being made? I mean, I don't know. Andrew Scheer uh, didn't seem as assertive initially as the NDP members I cited earlier, but then there's that adage of, you know, if uh, your opponent is screwing things up, stay out of their way. How do you how do you see this, especially, you know, Shear's involvement or lack thereof? Yeah, and they're really focusing on the committee because, quite frankly, what they get out of that is they get the sound bites and they get the clips of them, you know, their mm-hmm. own members being all robust and powerful and so forth. I don't think the committee is actually the right path to getting uh, to the bottom of all of this. I mean, to I appreciate what Mitzi says about, you know, let's see what Jody Wilson-Raybould says, but the problem is, do we take her word as the final truth on this? Now, we're all saying we want to hear what she has to say, but should we just, oh, that's what she said, and, and we just take that as 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 law? I mean, she's had a bunch of days to, to chat with various people and maybe broker something, negotiate something. I don't know. I have no evidence of that, but maybe that's happening. It's like when someone calls up the cops and confesses to a murder. They don't automatically wrap up the case. They want to know for sure that that person actually did it. So even if she gives us an easy out for anybody... We still need to ask some external questions and corroborate everything, which is which is a challenge because this is a conversation between two people, of course. Well, I, I just want to say I think the the former AG uh, of Canada, we can give her the benefit that her word that she says in front of a parliamentary committee will be her word. Well, uh, there are more questions lingering on other matters, though, and I wanted to get to those. More topics worthy of discussion in a moment with our panel, Anthony Fury, Mitzi Hunter, Andrew Cash on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We had many meetings between cabinet ministers and prime minister and prime minister's office on a broad range of important issues that matter to Canadians. Why would the prime minister have so many meetings with the former attorney general if it wasn't to try to reverse a decision that had already been made? Here, here. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.